Hello and welcome to Your Life Rocks. This is the podcast that equips working Christian moms to create balance, clear chaos, and reach goals in all areas of your life. My name is Jenny Stemmerman, your host and fellow working mom. I'm so glad that you are here to hang out with me today. This is episode 83, and today we are continuing our discussion on balance being biblical. You know, this whole idea of balance being biblical is just another way of looking at balance, and it's my goal to help you see balance as a positive thing, as something that you can definitely achieve in your life. Now, if you missed last week's episode, I hope that you go back and have a listen. If not, or you just need a refresher, let me bring you up to speed with what we're talking about. And if you're new to this show, this is a great topic to be starting in with us because it really is the heart of the show. It's the heart of what Your Life Rocks is all about. You know, this podcast is for working Christian moms, and the main purpose of doing this show is to restore your belief that balance is possible for your life. Yes, you. I'm talking to you. I know how much you have going on. Like I said, I'm a working mom myself. This is truth talk. Everything that I'm sharing with you, it's just as much part of my life, and it's something that I really, really want to impart onto you. Now, let me first say it's not a competition on who is the busiest, who's the most tired, who has the most struggles in life. Why would we want to win that race? I mean, really. But yet we find ourselves sometimes as working moms competing in that race to the end, which is not good. It's not a positive thing. But know that I see you. I hear you. I get you. I know you have so much going on. But more importantly than me seeing you, I hope that you know that God sees you. He knows how heavy all of this stuff in your life is, and he just wants you to let go of it and let him carry some of it for a little while. And I'll tell you from my own personal experience, that is the only way to find balance in your life is to let God carry some of that. Now, before we get into all of the details about creating balance for yourself, let's first define what balance is. After all, you have to know what you're actually working to create here, where you're actually going. You know, you wouldn't just pop on the freeway without knowing what direction to go, right? Same thing with this, what we're talking about. After my own personal journey of being so far out of balance and knowing that God had to have something better for me, I began to create balance in my life based off of my own definition. I personally define balance by setting and moving towards goals in all eight areas of my life. So why in the world is that my definition? Well, because when I was at rock bottom, I was so hungry for a change. My life was the opposite of that. I had one goal in one area of my life, and that is where all of my energy went, leaving nothing, or at least very little, to other areas of my life. For me, it was my career. It consumed me, and I nearly lost everything else. But after a few years of researching balance and teaching this concept to other women, I've noticed something. If we don't set the right goals we're just creating even more overwhelm. And after all, the opposite of like balance for me is feeling overwhelmed, feeling out of control. But what happens is we end up creating these high, unrealistic expectations that we really can't meet. And when you do that and you set these high expectations and you try to create balance in your life, but then the overwhelm starts to come over and you're not actually meeting any of those goals that you set for yourself, That's typically when you decide that I don't know what I'm talking about and you were right all along. Life balance is not possible, but it is. But it is. It totally is possible. And I would challenge you to say that not only is balance possible, but it's biblical. 
When you look at the Bible and you look at all eight areas of life that I talk about, the Bible gives us instructions on growing in each of those areas. It gives us instruction on what success should look like in each of those areas. And after studying this and studying the Bible and kind of comparing the two, this is why within the life balance system, I have established three pillars of creating life balance for yourself. And number one is giving it all over to Jesus, lining up those goals that we are setting in all areas of life with his word, not our desires. Now I'm going to say that again, because this is the one that's the stumbling block for a lot of us. I know personally it was for me, it is for a lot of the coaching clients that I work with. So I'm going to say this again. Because it's important. It's so important that we're diving into these areas over the last two episodes, last week and this week. Your goals need to line up with God's desires and not your desires. The Bible gives us very clear direction on these areas that we talk about. Now, I'm going to come back on this topic, but I want to finish out these three pillars because I said I would. So that's number one. Number two is making sure your world doesn't get too small. We can all get self-consumed pretty easily. And when that happens, we lose our perspective. And to keep that from happening, you have to include other people in your life. You can't let your world get too small. Pray for others. Listen to them. Build relationships. I know you might be thinking, who has time for that? (laughs) I promise you do. But this is one of the reasons why we have our free community on Facebook. I hope that you're a member there. If not, go and join. It's totally free. But it's surrounding yourself with other working Christian moms just like you who get you. And this is also why we have a group component to our membership program. Because when you can pray for other people, when you can look into their life, learn more about them, it makes your world so much bigger. And when your world is bigger, your problems are smaller. And that's a good thing. All right, the number three thing in the system, number one is giving things more to God. Number two is focusing on other people. And number three is finding a system that will allow you to walk this whole thing out. You know, without action, this is just a really nice idea. And there's a lot of really nice ideas in this world, but I don't know about you, but I want results. Like, I want to experience this in my life. I want to actually live it. And if you want to live an intentional life where you are growing in all areas of your life, you need a system that will support that. And that is where our Life Balance membership, the Life Balance Planner, all of that comes into play. I teach you the exact system that is based on a 90-day process of setting and moving towards goals to create balance. Now, last week we went into what setting goals looks like and how they're aligned with God's word for your faith, your marriage, your finances, and your health. This week, we're gonna do that exact same thing, but we're gonna be looking at parenting, your home, friends and fun, and of course, your career. Now, just like I said in last week's episode, our goals will be different. My goals are different than your goals. While the Bible paints a picture of what we should be working towards, and that is all the same, we're all starting in a different place, and our goal should be a baby step towards that. Our goal is not to take one giant step to the end, right? It's what that next step looks like, that next baby step looks like, and that's going to be different for all of us. So as hard as it is, you have to let go of that all or nothing mentality. We're talking about 90 days, three months, 12 weeks. That's not a lot of time. It's impossible to completely reinvent your life in 90 days. It's really about when you're setting these goals, praying and seeing where the spirit would guide you, setting goals that make sense for where you are right now and what that next step would be. All right, I think I've set the stage pretty clear. If not, go back and listen to last week's episode. But let's just dive right in and let's start with parenting. I'll be honest, it's hard for me to set a goal around parenting. When I was first looking at doing this, it felt nearly impossible. 
And if you find the same thing to be true, think about it this way. What's your intention? When your kids are grown, what are the three things that you hope for them? What do you want them to say when they describe you? What do you want that adult relationship to look like between them and you? You know, sometimes we get so lost in what's happening today, right in this moment, that we forget about the end game, that God has entrusted them with us for us to guide them. They don't belong to us. They belong to God. So what does the Bible say about parenting? Well, if you Google it, and I hope that you do, you get a lot of discipline verses. <laughs> that is the main thing the Bible says. It's about discipline. But you also get a lot of verses about being a good example. So if we're to teach our kids discipline, are you a good example of discipline, self-discipline in your own life? Now, when the Bible also talks about being a good example to your kids, it reminds me of the example our Heavenly Father provides for us, the relationship He has with us, to always be there for us, for us to seek Him, like He's always available, right? So have you made it available for your kids to seek you? And when they do, do you answer or do you put them off? Now, one thing I noticed as I was looking through all of these verses and really studying this, the thing that I noticed is that there's really nothing in the Bible about making sure your kids are happy or that they are well-rounded from being involved in so many different activities. So why are we killing ourselves with that expectation? Now, don't get me wrong, a lot of discipline can come from playing sports or an instrument, but I think we have to look at the way that we keep our kids scheduled and why we feel so pressured to over-deliver for them all of the time. And if we really look at that in an honest way, it comes from the world. It doesn't come from the Bible. So just like we talked about last week, are we really aligning our lives and being intentional with our lives for the way that God wants us to live it or the way that the culture says that we should be living it? Now, in some of that, I get it. Like we can't get away from it too much because we are part of this world. Although we're not of this world, we're living in this world. And so there are some of those things that just kind of get in the way. But I would challenge you, if this is an area that's causing you to feel like a bad mom or causing you to not be awesome in other areas of your life, then that's something you really have to look at. If this is an area that's pulling you out of balance because of the expectations of the world around you or the false expectations you've put on yourself versus the expectations the Bible would have you mold yourself as a parent to. And this is something that as my family, we have to be very careful of. My husband, he grew up in a Christian house. I didn't. I found God when I was a young adult, and when I did, I had a budding relationship with Jesus. I seeked him. I craved him. I craved time with him to learn of him, to learn the word. But on contrast, my husband rebelled. Religion was pushed on him as an expectation, and he pushed back hard. Of course, he came back to the Lord, but as we started building a family together, he has been very cautious with pushing faith on the kids. So how do we balance that? You know, Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up your child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from that. So looking again at God as the example of a parent, he gives us free will. He wants us to have a relationship with him, but it's our choice. And the thing that I think is hard for us as parents to wrap our head around is it's also our kid's choice. And the best thing we can do is set an example to them. You know, I talk very openly with my kids about how I talk to God, about how much I love him and how I feel the love from him to me. I talk about prompting of the spirit, prayers that get answered, prayers that don't get answered. I talk about when I'm mad at God. I'm very transparent with all of that part of my relationship. 
Because just like my marriage relationship is an example to my kids, my faith relationship is an example to them as well. So how do you turn all of that into a goal? Seems a little impossible. But again, we're all starting at different points. So you have to look at the next baby step for you. It might be to instill more discipline in your household. If your kids are ruling the house, maybe that's where you need to start. And don't think about discipline as a punishment. Think about it as having self-control, integrity, work ethic. Pour into those areas. So if you have a notebook out or you're just thinking about this, here's a question to ask yourself. What do you have in place right now in your family to instill self-control, integrity, and work ethic into your kids? Do they have chores? Do they have things that cause them to wait for things? And I'm not talking about like waiting for like a big toy or waiting for something like that, but even just little things like, you know, not playing electronics until X, Y, or Z, you know, giving them things that make them think about self-control, things that are going to build that inside of them. So when they're older, they have that already instilled. You know, as I was writing this um, for an upcoming book that I'm doing and even preparing for this podcast, it got me really fired up. So I'm working on some tools for this exact thing right now for our membership that will be coming in our back to school package. So if you're a member of Life Balance, know that I've got you covered, I got your back, and I'm working on this for you to provide some resources so you can bring more discipline into the household, bring more discipline into how you're mothering your kids. So know that that is coming for you. But in the meantime, I want you to look at this area and pray about it. And for a lot of us, when we talk about parenting, it's so closely related to our home. You know, people often ask about cleaning schedules, routines, and I don't have a lot of resources for you in this area. Why? Number one, because I don't do clutter. I love getting rid of stuff. I love throwing things away. It's like therapy for me. When I start cleaning the house, the kids start hiding their stuff because they know it's going to go. Number two, my kids do chores every day. They live in my house. I have expectations for how my house is run and they have to play by my rules, not their rules, my rules. And when they don't, there's consequences. And sometimes I think when we get so consumed with cleaning our house or decorating our house, while yeah, it could be a hobby, it could be something that brings joy, it can also be a huge distraction against the things that really matter. Truth is when you search for a direction for your home, Uh, And what the Bible says about that, you know what you find? Scriptures about people, not scriptures about things. When I start to get consumed by chores, I often think about two different things in the Bible. Number one is Mary and Martha, and the other is the Proverbs 31 woman. And there's a lot we could say about the Proverbs 31 woman, but let me just say that she's not described as lazy. But when we look at Luke 10, 41, that's where we really see the story of Mary and Martha. And this story is like a stake through the heart for some of us, but it is so good. And sometimes we need that. We need that, as my old pastor would call it, a throat punch <laughs> to bring us back to reality, to let us hear the truth. In this passage, uh, Luke 10, 41, Jesus is at the home of two sisters, Martha and Mary. And Martha is busy preparing a meal for all of the guests. She's working hard while her sister, Mary, is sitting at the feet of Jesus listening. And Martha gets upset. If you've ever been in a situation where you are working your tail off and you look over and someone else is just sitting there, not doing anything, you know this feeling that she's feeling right now. Like, ah, what in the world? What are you doing right now? So of course, she gets upset and basically goes to Jesus to complain that her sister isn't helping. And this is his response. But the Lord said to her, Martha, Dear friend, I love that he says dear friend right there. Let me just pause. That is so great. Dear friend, Martha, dear friend, you are so upset over all these details 
There's really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and I won't take it away from her. And I hope that you just think about that for a minute. Yes, there are things that need to get done, but what are we consuming ourselves with? What are we concerning ourselves about? What is truly most important? So are we just to say, forget about the housework? I don't think so. We are in charge of our house. But what matters most is the people. What matters most is our relationship with God. But if the people in our house matter most, what do the people need? How can you honor your husband with your home? And this is where it's different for everybody. For me, it's making sure he has the things they need and they're where he can find them. He's not good at finding things on his own. So if I'm going to be his helper, that's how I see my role in the house is to make sure things are where he needs to find them. Now, I don't kill myself over this, but I keep order. I keep things on the shopping list. I order the things that he's going to need from Amazon. It's no big deal. But again, it goes back to the expectation. It goes back to the heart of it. Are we doing it to serve our husbands because when we serve our husbands, we're serving the Lord? Or are we doing it to serve an unrealistic expectation? But you know, last week when we talked about marriage and we talked about like that circle of marriage and how we get what we give, it might not be the same thing, but the, the energy and the intent is the same, right? So when we give respect to our husband, we get love in return. And when we give disrespect, we get unlove in return and vice versa, right? When he acts unloving, we act in a, in a disrespectful way. It's just the nature of how things work. And so this piece and how you do your home and what you do around your home ties so closely into marriage. It ties so closely into parenting. But again, don't mishear me. It's not that you should be doing everything in your home. It's not that you should be living in a perfect Pinterest house all of the time. The people matter more than the tasks. So we really have to look at what do our people need from us as homemakers. Now, I'll be the first to tell you to hire things out, to delegate things out. I'm not saying you need to scrub your toilets. I'm not saying that you need to do all of these things, but it's the heart of it. So just look at your heart. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think God really cares how decorated our house is or how organized it is, how clean it is, but does it serve your family? Or does it get in the way with your time with God? I mean, do you say you don't have time to read the Bible, but you have time to do the dishes? Like that's out of alignment with your priorities, right? So these are really the questions to ask yourself as you're thinking about what your goals are for your home. Think about how you can serve in your home to serve the people and also just Ask yourself if it's getting in the way with God. I don't believe that there's any like right or wrong answers to any of this because often we want our homes to be a particular way for social reasons. And if that hits home for you, I hope that you would pray and ask God to search your heart a little bit about this. Ask him to show you why that's important because it might be sinful. It might not be sinful. I have friends that having their home in a particular way is sinful for them. But it becomes about comparison or coveting or jealousy or a false identity in what their home represents for them or about them. But I also have friends with beautiful homes and they keep it that way because they have a gifting of hospitality. There's no sin there for them. They want to use their homes as a way to minister to people. It's not about them. So I just challenge you to always look at the heart, your heart, how you are leading in your home. Because when your heart's in the right place, you can structure everything else around it. You can hire out someone to help prepare meals, to clean, to organize. I mean, there are people out there that will come and do those things for you. It's not about you occupying your time with those things, but it's really just about the heart of it and serving other people. It's about making sure your home is not an idol or contributing to other sinful behavior. 
So I think that this is a good segue into talking about friends and fun. Now, when we talk about the eight areas of life, we loop friends and fun together. You could definitely separate them, but for a lot of things, they're together. I mean, fun really isn't with a lot of things. I have fun with my spouse. I have fun with my kids. I consider work fun. But for the sake of the eight areas and kind of goal setting and just evaluating where our heart is, we put these two things together. Now, in the last episode last week, I had a confession for you, and I have one for you for this week as well. Are you ready? This area was the hardest for me to balance, friends and fun. I'll be honest. It was really hard for me, and it still is. It's super hard for me. I'm an introvert by nature, but that really has nothing to do with it. Um, I used to dread when people would ask me, so what do you do for fun? You know, when you're out networking and that question ultimately comes up and every time it would just make me cringe. My answer would be like, oh, you mean other than work? If I'm not working, I'm playing with whatever my kids want to play or I'm sleeping. Like that's, that's my life. But you know what? I love my work. So shouldn't that count as fun? And to be honest, I, <laughs> I still kind of feel this way, but it's getting better. It's getting a lot better. But I used to feel like such a loser when people would talk to me about their hobbies. I didn't have any. I had fantasies of what my hobbies would be, but they weren't real. I couldn't really talk about them. I would say I wanted to climb mountains. And I do love to hike, but I'm not at all serious enough about it to climb a mountain. Let's be honest. I just am not. I also love to dance, but that's around the house when I'm cleaning or acting silly with my kids. So can you really count that as a hobby? I don't think so. And when we talk about friends, I mean, I had friends, but I rarely talked to them. And I really rarely saw them, unless you come to people I work with. Now, can you relate to this? Finding friends as a working mom is so hard. And as we evolve into adulthood, that's where it gets really difficult, right? Because we have these friends maybe from college or um, from our first job or while we were younger, but then everyone kind of goes their own path. And then we find ourselves surrounded by friends that are stay-at-home moms or by friends that are, are career women but without kids. And it's hard to find those people who get us. Because it can be so frustrating when you're talking to a friend and they just don't get you. They don't understand. I have friends that are stay-at-home moms and when I talk to them about things and I things I'm frustrated with or whatever, like they just, they don't get it. And that causes me to be even more frustrated. Or if I'm talking to a friend who doesn't have kids, like that's hard. It's really hard. Or if I'm talking to a friend who's been divorced and is no longer married, like we need to have people around us who get us. But where in the world do you find these people? But this goes back to, point two of the three pillars, right, of needing to have more people around us. Because for a while, I just thought, you know what, I'm good. I have some acquaintances that I work with that I like. I I have a job that I love and I consider that fun. And my other people are my kids and my husband, so I'm good. I don't need anything more. And maybe you can relate to that, but we have to look at what the Bible says. And you guessed it, it says a lot about this area. And I loved researching this in the Bible because can I tell you, There is a lot of verses that command us to celebrate, to celebrate with music and dancing and food and laughter and kids playing in the streets. So do you let yourself celebrate? I mean, even if like your fun area is work, like I will honor that. I totally will honor that. You just happen to get a paycheck for it and that's awesome. But do you celebrate? Do you celebrate your successes that you have? Often we are so hard on ourselves, so hard on ourselves that we would rather point out all of the things that we didn't do or that we didn't do well than celebrating the things that we did. And if you can relate to that, know that you are so not alone. You're so not alone. I mean, this is so true for me. Just the other day, my 12-year-old, we were driving in the car and uh, 
I was apologizing for something. I don't even remember what it was, but his immediate response was, why are you so hard on yourself? Well, you're awesome and we love you. Talk about a huge aha moment of when your 12-year-old recognizes how hard I am on myself, right? I mean, I celebrate them. Whenever they do anything awesome, I celebrate them. I celebrate my husband. I celebrate my coaching clients. I celebrate strangers that I don't even know. So how do we start to do something different? If we're not used to celebrating ourselves, how do we start? And I think the best way of doing that is to start by celebrating what God is doing in our lives. Because oftentimes when we do do something great, it's because of the gifting God gave us. So let's give glory back to him in that way. And it's important that you actually allow yourself to to celebrate, to physically celebrate. Get with your friends and go first. Everyone is always waiting for someone else to go first, right? So you might be sitting there saying, well, my friends never get together. I'm never invited anything. Create something and invite them to it. Whether it's dinner or movies or just going out for a drink, meeting for coffee, go first and invite them. You know, for me, I looked for resources for Christian working moms for 10 years before I decided to just create it for myself. And that's when I created Your Life Rocks. If you're looking for things to plug in at your church for working moms and not finding it, why not create it? Don't just wait for someone else to create it. You do it. And I'll say this, when you do find something or your friends invite you to something, don't say no. It's so tempting to say no. I know you're tired. You got a lot going on. But let's face it. Sometimes you just got to say yes because you need your friends. Trust me, you do. When I finally started making time for my friends, things really shifted, but it was hard and I pushed it away for a long time. Then one day I was sitting in church and the Holy Spirit just made it really apparent to me. We're not supposed to do life alone. I needed strong women in my life that I could confide in, that could pray for me, that I could get a window into their life and pray for them. So you know what I did? because I didn't have anyone around me at the time that kind of fit what I was looking for, I looked online. I went to meetup.com, couldn't find anything there. So I posted in a bigger community Facebook group for the city I lived in, like literally in search of any group or activities to get to know other working moms in the area. Because I don't know if you've noticed, if you've searched this before, you have probably noticed there are a million opportunities for stay-at-home moms to make friends. Not a lot for us. And you know what? I got a few responses, um, and one of them was delivered by the Holy Spirit. And she has fastly become a very good friend, a trusted friend who I love and adore. And through her, she's introduced me to other friends of hers that are also working Christian moms. And now I have a circle of women that I feel like God placed in my life for a reason and placed me in theirs for a reason as well. You guys, it was so uncomfortable. I didn't want to do it. Like I said, I'm an introvert. And even though I'm forced to be an extrovert at work, I work in sales, I don't like to be that person when I'm not working. But if I'm gonna build balance, I have to be obedient to living my life in the way that God has instructed me to do so. The Bible doesn't say be around people if you're an extrovert and don't if you're an introvert. It just says be around people. So that's what I did and it has been so worth it. All right, now I've saved the best for last. Really, I could do a whole podcast series on this topic of career and career goals. And I've done a lot of episodes in the past around this topic, um, kind of diving into different areas. And I have a lot of content planned to help dive even deeper into different segments of this. And a lot of the stuff that we're talking about with career is going to go into a book I'm writing, but because it's so much, I can't decide if it's just going to be a section or a long chapter or even a second book entirely because there's just so much to say about our career 
and having balance in our lives. And the reason why I saved this for last is number one, it was the area that tripped me up big time when it comes to balance, but it does for a lot of women. When you're working outside the home, I mean, it just takes up a lot of your time. And so therefore it pulls us out of balance. But this is why time has nothing to do with balance. You will never have equal time with your family as you put into your career. If you're working full time, if, if you are ambitious and you are working towards career goals, that time will never be equal. And if you try to make it equal, it'll just drive you nuts. But more than it just being something that's not possible to achieve on a timeline, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, sometimes we have to work. Sometimes we want to work and that's not bad. And to suggest that our working time has to be equal to our family time is so harmful, I think, for our mentality and our mindset around this. But it's shocking to me how many people think that balance has to be that way. It's not about time spent. It's about intention. It's about where your heart is and where your energies are going and what you're working towards. All of these other things matter so much more than time. Now, for the sake of this podcast episode, let's just keep talking about goal setting for this area of your life so that way we can be on track and that way it can be consistent with what we've already talked about. So let me ask you this. How do you set goals for your career? Now, we're Again, all in different starting points. So you might be setting goals for your career that contribute to the trajectory of your career and what that next step is, where you're going with your career, what that next move is. Or you could just be looking at like your annually, quarterly, monthly goals that your boss gives you that's part of your job function. Or you might not even be setting career goals at all. You might just be going to work, clocking in, clocking out, going home. You might be in a completely different position altogether where you might be looking at switching your career or struggling with what your calling is, or searching for what your career life is ultimately about. Maybe you are trying to start a new business, or you already have a business where you're working for yourself. There are so many nuances that are personal to you, and that's what makes this area so complex. So many different things to talk about. But regardless of where you are, let's look at what the Bible says about your work. And you know what? (laughs) Like all the other areas we've talked about, the Bible says a lot about our work. A whole lot, in fact. But the general consensus, like if you were to look at all of those verses, they all boil down to a few things. Work hard. Do good things with your work. Look back on your work and see that it is good. Remember we talked about celebrating, right? Your work is worship when you're focused on God. And this is no matter what you're doing. When you work, you're using the gifts and the abilities that God has given you. That's what he designed you for. Give glory to him in what you are doing. And with your heart as alignment with that, you are worshiping him with your work. I mean, when you're celebrating those things, give glory to him in what you're doing. Even when you're not celebrating, give glory to it with all your heart. Align your heart with that truth. And that is when you are worshiping with your work. So how does all of that apply with setting goals for your career? Well, it's just a simple heart check. Are you working to glorify him or are you working to glorify you? Don't get me wrong. It's not bad to be praised for your work. In fact, you should be doing such an amazing job that you're getting praise. It's totally okay. But realizing that our creativity, our brains, our ability, our compassion, our determination, our leadership, and all of the skills that we possess, they come from God. He is ultimately responsible for all of those successes that we have. And you know what, some of you, you might be finding yourself not in a super ambitious spot. You might not be pining for that next promotion, and that's okay too. But I have a question for you. Are you still giving your work all that you have? Are you just showing up and just doing the minimum? 
or are you really giving it your best effort? You know, Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Regardless of what it is that you do for work, you should be giving your work your best. And ultimately, that's what our career goal should be, giving our best. Think about the differences you could be making with your job. Sometimes we don't think of what we do as significant. It's just a job. It's just work. It's just office work, paperwork, or just whatever it is that you do. Insert whatever it is that you do. But it is so significant. With what you're doing for your work, you have the opportunity to bless those. You have an opportunity to be a light in the world. You can bless the people you work with. You can bless the people you work for, the customers that use your business. It might not be directly, but you're contributing to it. I mean, just an example, I always love studying amazing companies. And one company that I love so much is Dave Ramsey's organization. He's done a great job in building a company that changes lives. And of course, we think of like the obvious things, right? Like his radio program or his books. But think about everyone who works for him. There are over 600 employees at Ramsey Solutions. And one of the stories that I loved is to hear how people that work in a shipping pray over the books that are going out. They think of the families that will be impacted because of the work they are doing. The families can't get that book if they're not shipping them out. They're having an impact on other people. And the fact that they look at their work that way, it makes a huge difference, not only in how they do their job, but the how they feel about going to their job. It's all perspective. Now, we can be excited about going to work, or we can hate Mondays. We can give it our all and turn it into worship, or we can be lazy and just show up. We can strive for achievements and wrap our identities into what we're doing, or we can give glory to God in every mountain we climb, every record we break, and every award we win. Bottom line, Work hard and let your light shine. Now your career, as with all other areas of your life, your starting point is gonna be different. So that means where you go from right here is gonna be different, but ask yourself what you need to do next. Your next career goal, honestly, might have to do with your attitude towards it, or it might not be holding back with your brilliance. And you know, sometimes we do that. We hold ourselves back, but that's an entirely different topic to dive into. But that might be where you are right now, so pray about it. So again, as you're setting your career goals, they don't have to be all or nothing. Think about the next 90 days. Look at the baby steps. And you know what? Reaching any goal in any area of your life, it takes a clear plan and consistent action. And that's what the life balance system brings. Our life balance planner goes along with our membership and it reminds you weekly and daily what your goals are. They keep you in balance with our three pillars. I mean, you really have to be intentional about equipping yourself to live this out. And inside our membership, we have courses that walk you through each of these steps and setting this process up for you. I'm going to teach you how to apply all of these concepts to your life. But whether you're a member or you're not a member, one of the main things that I teach is to build habits for all areas of your life so that you can have those things that contribute to balance running in the background while you're focusing on bigger things, bigger improvements, things that are going to require a little bit more attention or more effort in any of your particular areas of life. So as you're looking at these eight areas and you're setting these goals for yourself, I really want you to be thinking about the habits that you have. And some of your habits might be contributing to being unbalanced, but some habits might be contributing to being balanced. But the whole goal is to create more of those habits to help you reach those goals, to help you create more balance. You know, one thing we do inside the system is we help you find a Bible verse around the area that you're focused on. And so I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to search the Bible to find those encouraging verses that will help you stay focused, to help you stay on track as you're setting those goals, because it's so easy to get off track when we're setting goals. It's easy to focus mostly on what we want versus what God wants for us. 
Now, once you find that verse, write it down every single day. In our planner, there's a spot for you to write it down every single day. And the reason why we do that is because it helps you to see it in different ways. It helps you to focus on what it says and you might get something different out of it depending on what the Holy Spirit wants to show you. But it also helps you with verse memorization. So that verse becomes a part of you. Now Life Balance Membership is our sponsor for this episode and we would love to have you join us. If you're ready to be done with just moving through life, then this is for you. If you're looking for purpose, being intentional as a mom, wife, and friend, it is for you. Life Balance Membership equips you with lessons and tools to build the systems into your life, but we also want to take it a step further. We provide resources to help you grow in each area of your life as well. And part of that is our seasonal packages that we release to our members. We're just getting ready to kick off our summer Bible study as part of our Project Summer of Awesome. And there is still time to take advantage of all of that summer package entails. There's still time for you to have amazingly intentional, awesome summer. In fact, we have some free resources for you available at yourliferocks.com to help you get started on creating your own intentional summer of awesome plan. You know, right now I'm also currently working on putting together our fall back to school package and it's going to be amazing. I cannot wait to share it with all of you. So like I said before, we would love to have you join us inside the membership. You can learn more by going to lifebalancemembership.com or you can go to yourliferocks.com and learn more there as well. Now for this podcast, in the coming weeks, we have some great experts to share with you. We'll be talking with a health and fitness professional next week, talking specifically about building a body we feel good in. You know, confidence that comes from living in a healthy body impacts every part of who we are. So I hope that you would join us for that. Hit subscribe so you don't miss it. And you can get notes on everything that we talked about in this episode and a lot of great tools and resources for working Christian moms just like you by visiting our website at yourliferocks.com. So until next week, keep building a life that rocks. Bye.